Hello, welcome to No Prize Podcast. It's the late October edition, and our friend Lucas is off on assignment at Baltimore Comic Con, so we will hear more from him about that in just a couple of weeks. But with me, from across the pond, Johnny the Machine Hughes. How are you, my friend? I am very well. Thank you very much. Um, it was my birthday the day before, uh, yesterday. Um, uh, so, and my birthday's uh, next week. Hey, congratulations. You're, um, you, you're the elder statesman for this podcast. So. Am I? Yeah, well, on old timers. On old timers. Oh, wait. Is old is old timers podcast now really going to be old timers? Old timers is always about the old books, not the uh, not, not old the books. old hosts. So, <laughs> so the party was last night. Didn't I had a marvelous, marvelous, oh, oh, I did there. marvelous birthday. Um, no migraines. Oh, but fantastic. I'm, Everyone who watches uh, TGC will hopefully get the reference. A um, couple of things. Check it out. Oh, look at that. First yeah, Rogue. Yeah, nice. look at that. And, um, ta-da. Look at that. A little Spider Woman with the Hydra. Dudes. And, ta-da. What's that? Turn it out. Yep. Oh, hey. Look at that. I didn't know they made a black cat. Yeah. Well, I really, what I really just noticed in the black cat is if you have a look in the window, I don't know if you can see it because of the glare. Oh, yeah, the glare. What's in the yeah. window? There's a Spider-Man in the window. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. That's cool. <laughs> that is cute. That's nice. That is super cool. Oh, I didn't even spot that. Is, um, that, yeah. is, is that a new release? I don't know. I think they've been around a while, to be honest. You'd have to check with uh, Bobo on Crisis in the Toyverse. Uh, but my wife knows that the only Marvel books that I buy with any regularity is currently Black Cat. As everyone knows, I yeah, think the right. book is fantastic. And Spider-Woman, who I've been a long-time <clears> fan of, and the book is finding its feet, to say it's the least, I think. Yeah. So, so there you go. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. It's... Uh, it still takes its little flights of fancy a little bit sometimes, but other than that, I think it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Well, I guess the I guess the big news this week in with Marvel is that they only released like six books, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where to command the the racks there, Marvel? Well done. <clears throat> Mind you, to be fair, DC only put out if you count Batman books as one. DC only put out like what four. <laughs> yeah, if you count all the if you count all the Bat Universe books. As, but, as one. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I haven't looked at a DC book since the pandemic started, so I don't know if that's good on me or bad on me. So I've got. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, I've been reading. Well, I've been reading a lot of. I love detective comics at the minute. I think that's been absolutely fun read. Love the fact of sort of like brought the huntress into it. Um, yeah. And what I haven't read the regular Bat book since issue one hundred five. Oh really? Yeah, it's just it's in my it's in my pile to read, but it's like I look at the cover and it's just loud. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've got the, don't know if I've got it going on. Um, so generally speaking, when I pick my books up from the, the comic book store, if I haven't reviewed it for Crusaders, then uh, the books that I read first will always be Black Cat, Spider Woman, Detective Comics. Nightwing's been good as well, so those those are my uh, my big two specials. For there you go. Those are your your big two, my, and then and then it's books. and then it's indies. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been reading. What have I been reading? Indie wise, I've been reading um, some vampy stuff. Uh, Fight Girls by Frank Choi or Cho, depending on the fact I've destroyed his name again. Um, yeah, bits of all sorts. Wow. So, uh, so, and so this week, since we only released, they only released six books, we're going to kind of go back in time and, and we're going to review a couple of books from last week that if you haven't had a chance to pick up, you probably should, if you can find them at this point. So, um, so let's, uh, let's start with something that came out this week or, no, or last week, which last we're going to start, we're gonna start yeah. with last week. We're going to start with last week and then we'll move to the present. So yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into, Darkhold Iron Man and uh, see what that's all about. You might have to catch me up on this a little bit because it was all a little right. confusing for me. Well, for me, um, let me get the screen going on. There we go. Boom. 
So for me, this book, the, the thing that annoyed me the most about this book, and it is an annoyance, is that it feels like we've just come through or we've just started another alternative universe because we had Dark Age recently, correct? Well, so it's still going on, yeah. Yeah, so we've had Dark Age, um, which is a reimagined Marvel universe, and now we've got this. Um, let's give you the let's give you the stats on this. Dark Old Iron Man, it's written by Ryan North, art by Willemer. I can't say that. Is it Willemo Sane? Sorry, I've pronounced it massively <laughs> wrong. Don't care. Uh, colors, Ian Heron, letters by VCs, Cl uh, Clayton Cowles, who we all know, you know is the boy when it comes to all these sort of lettering deals. Um, so this is basically a bit of a, a reimagine of uh, Iron Man's origin but told through the dark lens of the dark hold. Um, <laughs> don't be like that. <laughs> All right, so basically, same sort of, same sort of thing. He is captured, builds a, a suit of iron to save him, escapes, yada, yada. Um, the thing is, the suit's a little bit wonky in that... As things progress, the suit is actually some sort of addiction type thing that is killing him slowly. Mm. But Tony Stark is Tony Stark still, so he gets super obsessed. He thinks, oh, I can fix it. I just need to do. And he keeps putting the suit on and the suit on. You see there at the top of the page, his mm. arms all burnt to, to buggery. Um, he's got Jarvis. He's got Pepper there who are there to try and help him. But really... The cannon fodder. They're gonna get it. <laughs> and as all great good intentions lead to the road to hell, um there is a comeuppance for a certain redhead in this book. Oh bless. Um it's basically the Marvel universe with a Halloween feel. Yeah, that's you know, um, that's kind of the vibe I was getting, especially from the uh, the first issue of Darkhold, which mm. came out a few weeks prior. Um, but this one, this one was more of a like a like a horror kind of take on Definitely. Iron Man, and and really um, jumped into you know his problems with addiction and mm -hmm. uh, and being in, in his feelings of being trapped in the suit. If you remember the old Silver Age Iron Man, yeah. he was had to wear the 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 chest plate for the for his heart condition um he always felt trapped in the suit and this actually takes it to the extreme to the point where it does become an addiction where he can't like he can't take the suit off because it fuses yeah. to his flesh and now like at, at the end of this book when he's like why would i ever want to take this off yeah that to me was uh that that kind of paralleled why would i ever want to stop drinking yeah, <laughs> you know yeah very so, much so so it, it it did kind of mix all of the uh all of the mythos of iron man into this into this kind of horror story with no um no real happy ending right because that's how it ends was why would i want to take the suit off yeah. it seemed it kind of ended uh like old kind of tales of suspense type books or old ec horror you know yeah well there wasn't like a like a happy ending it was just kind of like a an ending and well you're absolutely right i think the horror of it isn't just what he's going through it's the right it's the love that Pop pepper has for tony to the point where he's built her one of these suits and that's where she's going in this page yeah she's getting she's getting suited up um, which is going to lead to, obviously, if you read the dialogue at the start of the book, it pretty much says straight away, this is the day that I died. So, you know, um, yeah, I, that tells a suspense type of EC uh, mystery, the kind of, you know, the dark story, the dark twist is all in there. I will say, art-wise, for me, screams Mike Mignola in places. Right, this page especially, right? Yeah, yep. big shadows, does. big shadows, so... Shout out to the colorist, I think, Ian Heron, who did fantastic work on this. Um, I didn't expect to like the book as much as I did. I'm not going to lie. Um, well, you know, you kind of get uh, you kind of get event booked out, right? And that's yeah. 
what yeah. I kind of feel like, um, like Marvel's cycle is what's the next thing uh, up to the point. Now it's like, you got two or three next big things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and this dark hold crossover, which is, uh, you know, arguably going to be, uh, you know, with, with, with having Scarlet Witch and blade and Spider-Man, you know, it kind of feels like it's, it's pulling Iron Man and Spider-Man in here to bump up sales. Big hitters. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you yeah, have Blade, yeah. and you have Scarlet Witch, and I, this is, I can't remember who the other one is at the moment, but um, but then you that I think that's where you're really going to get the story. Now this does go back to you know Chithon, who's who's the big demon bad guy mm-hmm. in this series, and it does harken back to like the old Avengers storyline with Scarlet Witch being possessed by Chithon and some other some other stories. So this this book does have roots in marvel's history um and it's interesting to kind of see what they're doing here i just think that this book's going to get overshadowed by other things going on in marvel which is a shame i think because i think yeah you know the, the premise is for me it's a very it's a very clever premise in that it as you say it builds onto the the addiction that we know that that tony has right and, the interaction between him and Jarvis and uh, Pepper feels like a genuine, a genuine relationship. They're not, whilst they are just there to get bob, bumped off at some point, it doesn't <laughs> feel overly so. You know, it's, it, you know, it, it, it does feel like there is a genuine feeling between the characters. Um, I, I just, I think this is, this is, Prize hit of the What If cartoon has kind of really given Marvel scope for you know what the readers want to see something a little bit different, right? But if you have too much different all at the same time, it's gonna it's gonna dilute the main universe. And to be fair, once all these events are over, it'll be the main universe that still continues to to sell books. Yeah, well, I think that um, that Marvel, more than anything right now, has kind of been separating their little you know the little house pieces that they're doing which is kind of like the next book that we're talking about um which will be the finale of hulk right um the 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 hulk pretty much has been living in a vacuum for the last few years uh with the exception of a few appearances here and there um he's basically been al ewing's baby right for the last Mm. uh has it, it's been three at least three years that this uh, that this book has been going on probably a little more than almost closer to four, um, but this is it. This is the finale fifty the fiftieth issue, uh, just a gorgeous wraparound cover from Alex Ross there, um, and you know I'm I, I'll explain this book. It's got you know I'm kind of missing Lucas right now because Lucas has been the one with the with the powerpoints and everything on Hulk for the last couple of years here. And, um, and it has been at times you need the, the checklist and the scorecard to kind of keep you up on what's going on. And we, uh, we call it the Ewing verse um, because uh, Al's pretty much been doing his own thing and he's got his own concepts and he's now launching other different books to, uh, to kind of go along with his storylines. If you follow, if you love Immortal Hulk, you should, you should follow Al Ewing over to the defenders along with Harpy um gamma flight just ended with uh, all the sub characters from this book none of whom appear in this issue except for uh walter langowski sasquatch slash doc samson um, i have to say that gamma book is terrible um i liked the gamma book simply because it was um like a wrap-up for that story for those for the storylines there was there was a lot of story that this book told then gamma flight told the story that this book what didn't have time to tell Right. So that's uh, I, I like that book for that, just to wrap that story up. But this one uh, is a gigantic 80 page giant um, wrapping up pretty much everything that Al Ewing wanted to tell. Um, now, in the last issue, um, McGee and Hulk went through the Fantastic Four's Forever Gate. I don't know if you've been reading for uh, Fantastic Four. Um, I've been reading some Fantastic Four. Um... So. Which builds me to a question in this book, but never mind. <laughs> so, um, so they go through the Forever Gate and they end up in the uh, 
in in hell really the the place where the one below all lives and uh and the joe fix it manifestation of the hulk's uh psyche is manifested in hell as the red hulk and separates himself from um from i guess what we call him the baby hulk or whatever you want to call him the childlike hulk um so their goal is to defeat the one below all and get out of get out of hell get out um, of dodge get get the <laughs> hell out of dodge right so um so basically this this really kind of wraps up the uh the storyline between the hulk and the leader and this whole this whole thing al ewing's all of his ideas everything is thrown in here um he does throw some n- new and interesting stuff in here as um that the leader and the Hulk are actually cousins or distant cousins um, due to the, uh, the wraparound kind of story with the, uh, the Stearns brothers um, and their discovery of gamma radiation. And um, that was kind of interesting that they went back to there uh, to tell the story. And then, um, you know, you get, uh, you get McGee with her, her father and the, their wrap up of their storyline and, you know, everything that's going on in hell with the, you know, the convenient, uh, escape of, um, the thing in doc, doc Samson or doc Langowski or whoever you want. They're kind of a merged personality at this point, utilizing the forever gate once again to get them all out. Um, but. You know, Joe Bennett's artwork here, which I've been just loving this entire run. Uh, you know, he's he's been fantastically creepy and gross at times. And uh, it's just one of those uh, one of those books where you kind of you kind of can't look away from the art. Maybe you have to spend a couple of extra minutes just looking at looking at this, these double page spreads and the detail that's in here and just the you know the the it, i've been impressed with everything joe bennett's been able to accomplish and um i do have one problem <laughs> I, have, that, I have i have i have several problems <laughs> with this book but, yeah, uh, no you know it's just me it's just me with um with the thing because the thing gets portrayed sometimes with the john byrne crust on his head and then other times he gets portrayed with the the eyebrow and that's been recently, I think in one of the other books, he's been portrayed as having the, uh, the eyebrow. And in the fantastic four, he doesn't even have the crest when now it's just more like a regular head, but I don't know. It just seems like people draw thing the way they want to draw them. Um, but anyway, as so I think this wrap up on, on Hulk, it wrapped up all the stories pretty nicely. Um, see the thing, like I was so impressed with this run. I didn't really want it to end. I was, I would have been happy to see it go further. Um, I just don't like Hulk has never really been an interesting character for me. Mm. And this run has really kind of made me buy into the story and buy into the character. I'm kind of afraid that the next creator, um, I don't care. I don't know. It's Donny Cates. I don't um, know who the next I've creator got, is. I honestly don't know. I'll I mean, tell you. There's a, there's, a, there's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a reason you don't know? You yeah. don't want to know? <laughs> I don't care. It um, is Donnie. Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley. So that's, um, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of worried about what, the, what they're going to do with them now. Um, but I really did enjoy the mythology that Al Ewing created over the last couple of years on this book. Um, what did what did now? What did you think? You said you had several problems with, well, problems with it. Well, right. So problem wise, let's let's just be honest. But I'm not a home creator, all right. Right. And I also don't have access to to um, Lucas's powerpoints mainly mm. because you know, um, no disrespect to his powerpoints, but I've got a life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you have to kind of want to understand it, right? So. Well, I would like to, I would like to understand it, but last time I read the Hulk, I think it was probably the issue where they were in the coffee shop and and Banner was talking about making some changes to his life and stuff and how we were going to be more environmentally friendly, and then I pick up this book and we're back to like, whoa, we're back to craziness. <laughs> so I was kind of like, what's happened in between? And Banner's hardly in this book. I don't. Nope. And and. I, 
sue me for not reading it. I just don't understand how you can have multiple Hulks personalities personified in the red and the green Hulk mm-hmm. and have zero banner personalities. I just am like, surely there's got to be some some give and take on this. Um, the thing that annoyed me the most, if I, I need to go back a couple of pages, where is it? Sorry about this. Oops, there it is. Check out that lovely panel. Isn't that great? And mm. there's the Fantastic Four, including the Human Torch, who's currently wrapped in a bubble because he can't control his powers without killing people. Hmm. Mm. Uh, really? So we see the continuity. The Come continuity. On. When you think how good the Fantastic Four has been with that whole Johnny Storm twist. Right. Yeah, and then Marvel go and shoot themselves in the foot with it like this. It's like, this is this is the sort of... I'm not saying I'm a continuity freak. I am not. I don't need to know when this is or who, to wherever. But for Christ's sakes, let's try and put a little bit of effort into this. You know, the, admittedly, admittedly, the people that are reading The Hulk might not be, because it's a, a very mature title, might not be reading the uh, Fantastic Four book, which is straight up superheroes. I get it, but still, come on. Um, other things that I wasn't overly fond of, and I know it's part of the psyche element. Um, Green Hulk and his whole psychoanalysis. I just want Daddy to love me. I was like, you know what? No, I mean, I, I want to be entertained. I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel like like emotionally tortured over over a character. Like, so you didn't, you didn't like the point where he forgives uh, Sam Stearns. Um, at I, the liked, end. I liked it for for the character, but you know, I just, I just sometimes think, I sometimes think, mental health issues are used in comics for cheap tricks, and I think in the real world, yeah. there are absolutely shed loads of massive real problems with um, personal identity. There's problems with uh, where you fit in the world, uh, comparisons of yourself to other people, um, feeling equal or less than equal to some people. And I just think sometimes when when writers try to utilise or make a story about mental health or that features mental health, it... It comes across as a bit shoddy sometimes. The Hulk forgives the character at the end of the book because that's what heroes do. That's what's supposed to happen. Mm. He's supposed to forgive him. So that's not some sort of, wow, look at that. That's a mental health breakthrough. He's now cured or anything. You know, the fact is, the Hulk is a kid. In this book, he's a child and he wants his dad to love him. So is this child abuse story? Is that what this is? Because he breaks his hand trying to get, trying to get, his parent to recognize him and love him and all the stuff he goes through. And I'm not sure I actually agree. With, I, I'm not sure I want to, I don't, I'm not necessarily think I want to promote a story that kind of says, I want to be adored by my father. I'm going to go through all this stuff and hurt myself. But at the end, it's all right because I, the son will forgive you the father. Really? Mm. Does that not sound a little bit mental health suspicious? I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. As I say, yeah. I haven't read. I haven't read the book for ages. You know, and I'm just kind of on the catch up here. So, um, what I will say about the book is that the letters. We don't talk about letters enough. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But I think um, in this book, the letterer is absolutely tickety boo. And let's just go through the the stats. You mentioned John Bennett. So, colours are by Paul Mounts. Letters are by VCs Corey Pettit. Uh, Inks, helping out Joe Bennett, is, uh, would you pronounce that, Rue Jose and uh, I would probably call Bravo. it, I would call it Rui Jose and Belladino Bravo. Thank you. Um, so I think Paul Mount's colors in this book are fantastic. Yes. This, uh, and there's no escape. And they have been for the through, yeah. throughout this run. They've been great. I mean, you know, I've not seen this much green since I saw the Green Lantern Corps fight each other, but you know. <laughs> um <laughs> But other than that, the, the colours are great, matches the spookiness and the eeriness of, of the panels. It doesn't always have to be colour. Look at that. That's a gorgeous snow scene straight on, on there. 
and I will do Corey Pettit's letters are fantastic when you think how many different environments how many different fonts establishments they need to put in there how many different tones are in this book you know it, the letters it is a wordy book in places it is um so it keeps it all in place doesn't affect the art um i mean look at that picture that's great yeah there was the there was the one you had a few pages back with uh with dr langowski uh that reminded me very much of a brian hitch that one does that does that remind you of brian hitch uh, it reminds me more of john Byrne. oh really yeah okay so, yeah. i was thinking more brian hitch on ultimates but that's uh, maybe yeah 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 i could see that as well yeah. yeah um so yeah this book has been a mixed bag for me um i think if you if you're a fan of the book you're absolutely going to love it if you're going to pick it up for the first time, then oh, what's going on with Hulk? Man, you're in for a rough ride. <laughs> well, you know, you know what this what this would be is if when they collect this, and eventually I'm sure that they will into an omnibus, pick up the omnibus to get the entire story. And yeah. that, to me, I think this is a this. I mean, this is the last piece of the puzzle. You know, I think Al Ewing sticks the landing here. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot that he did wrong in this issue. I'm not in this in this whole run, really. Um, he's grabbed me from issue one, um, and he's had me on this ride for the last few years. I've been Hulk goes to the top of my reading pile every time it comes in, and uh, and this was no different. Uh, and like I said, it's it's tough when you because because I'm sure later on we'll recognize this run as probably one of the great runs on Hulk. Um, but when I when I when I when I know he's leaving and I not, and I'm, and I'm like, Oh, I'm not really, I'm, you know, I know it Donnie Cates coming in, but I don't know if he can do better than Hulk. That is what tells me what a good run this was <laughs> when, yeah. when I'm not looking forward to the next creator coming on the book. So. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, yeah I, I can see that. And I, I appreciate, I absolutely totally appreciate when it comes to, when it comes to this book, um, I'm in the minority. Everybody loves this. Everybody and his gamma irradiated mother loves this book. So I appreciate yeah. that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, I appreciate I'm in the minority there. But, you know, hey, yeah. I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break. And, you know, you mentioned Bob earlier. So let's look at uh, Crisis in the Toyverse. And then we'll be right back. All right, make sure to check out Crisis in the Toyverse whenever you can. I know that there's a new episode up, right? That just that just dropped a little while ago. Yeah, so. he's a good guy, good guy. Don't forget to check out uh, an OTP where I and uh, Bobo talk about the new Eagle figures, Eagle Force figures that are back out. So go and check Eagle out. Force? Yeah, do you remember Eagle Force? I, weren't they like the, the, the Kmart version of G.I. Joe or something like that? Don't you say the, such nasty words like that. <laughs> Jeez, that's an awful thing to say. Next you'll be saying, go about time real Transformers. Uh, they're not. But it is, <laughs> I, I, all I remember is, you know, you know, you go to the store, you want a G.I. Joe. You want to, you know, I want a G.I. Joe, I want a G.I. Joe. And you end up with an Eagle Force guy. And you're like, eh. I guess maybe he can be uh, like the secret stealthy undercover Joe. You well, know? the thing is, Eagle Force, it's 40 years old. So it's getting a new revamp. It's getting, there's a whole new uh, set squad of figures. 
to look at some classics are in there some new changes if you like your figures and you like classic stuff you know and you want something to knock johnny's ass go and buy an eagle force figure of course <laughs> being in the uk we didn't have either of those so there you go <laughs> <laughs> we had battle action force there you go cool excellent all right yeah let's move on to uh what are we talking about for this week's books we had a couple of really good uh well the the best of the lot i would say mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't yeah. know if i would say they were great by any stretch of the imagination but uh we're going to jump into the x-men trial of magneto number three um between you and me maybe two issues too long on this could have been a one shot. I, you know, the, this real. So first of all, I've been uh, I've been kind of really upset with the fact that they're rehashing all of these old storylines, you know, but put on to the you know the the, the Kirkman spin, mm-hmm. so to speak, and the trial of Magneto, which I mean. The trial of Magneto to me means issue 200, right? Mm. From from back in the 80s, and that was when the you know they put Magneto on trial for killing a submarine full of Russian soldiers, and um, you know, and then ended up being acquitted, maybe, yeah. and put into mm. the but but then ended up joining the X Men, right? So yeah. uh, to me, that was like a huge moment in X Men history especially because I was kind of an early reader on that because mm-hmm. I believe that one came out in like 1985 or 1986 or so. And uh, so it was really early in my X-Men, uh, I guess want to say X-Men 101 kind of first class. That was me. Okay. So, so realizing the redemption and re- maybe temporary reformation of Magneto was, imp- was important for, for me as a kid, realizing that these villains aren't all just s- straight up, you know scenery chewing villains mm-hmm. um but this this here trial of magneto actually wraps up trial you, you get magneto on trial again for his life for the supposed murder of his own daughter scarlet witch but she's not, not dead she's there look she's a, i know so but this, but this really comes that brings in house of m and all this other stuff where it's just like okay i've i kind of think that i've seen this before you know, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the, you know, having Scarlet Witch show up, you realize that they used, um, you know, they, they resurrected her because that's what you do when you're mm-hmm. in the X-Men these days. You kill them and then bring them back. And then, uh, of course, this this Scarlet Witch that they brought back was uh, the earlier version of the Scarlet Witch that didn't know that she had kids. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that she was married to the Vision. Didn't you know it was to me? And and I'm sitting there going, well, how the how far back are we going here? Because uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch got married back in the 1970s, and I kind of think that Professor X probably wasn't backing people up mentally at that point. Uh, you I'm know, not- other other than that, they would bring back Thunderbird, don't you think? Well, I I think we I think we're working on a bit of a conceit here. Uh, let's give some credit where credit's due. Oh, that sorry, I'm this. skipping. No, no, but we'll skipping come back to the the conceit. Uh, you got Leah Williams or Leah Williams as the writer, Lucas Werneck and David Messina as artists, Edgar Delgado as color artist, and you've got VCs Clayton Carls as your letterer. There you go. And of course, the book has the traditional by now um house of x fashion that we've be, all become used to um i'm going to say i read the first issue of this i haven't read the second issue um i'm has she has she been gone through the krakowin restoration process or did she just they, turn up? uh well she did just turn up but you find out in this issue yeah. that they did put her through the the process, even though they weren't supposed to, there was some agreement there that they would not bring Wanda back if she died. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, potentially because her memories, she's be, come back with her memories rather than they, 
Xavier implanted ones, the Xavier backup ones, right? Cause... Right. Yeah. So they were they were kind of afraid that they would bring her back and she would be nuts and kill all the mutants again, right? So. <laughs> So that, I mean, that would have been an argument against bringing her back in the first place. And it looks to me like someone, and I don't know if they've revealed this yet, that someone brought her back and we don't know who. So, yeah. um, you know, this could be an issue later on down the road. <laughs> but, um, but to me, having her not realize, uh, recognize Billy and Timmy, or Tommy, um, and not, you know, kind of be being, you know, it, even though Vision and Scarlet Witch haven't been married for years in the comic, um, Vision calling her my wife uh, yeah. was a little odd, I think. And, and and just, I think, was thrown out just for the fact that Wanda was like, what? We're married? Which, mm. you know, could be either did we get married again and no one yeah. knew. Um, but uh, to me, I, the, I, you know, I like the portrayal of Captain America in this because they, they do kind of make Captain America look like the all the, like the proper, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, please forgive uh, for staying for dinner and stuff like that. I, yeah. I thought that was a little hokey, but um, but funny. Um, and then, yeah, this is this is where it becomes too much. You know, the, the kaijus attacking the island. This is the first time I've seen these. Is this like. Has this been happening in the Xbox for quite some time now? The no, no. So this is randomly three I've... separate kaijus decide to attack yeah. Krakoa. Right. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. It was. It's so. It's so weird. I know that um, that there's been. I think there's some Monster Island stuff going on or whatever, but. You know, it's I know, and I don't know if that was because, like, I know Deadpool was king of the on Monster Island, mm -hmm. and they were kind of uh, doing something there. Yeah, but it's weird, right? I mean, the, the, we haven't seen this in the pages of X Men or in any of the other pages of of any of the other mutant books, where just these just random monsters show up to attack Krakoa. Wasn't, um, wasn't the in the new? Which is the one? Is it? X-Men started recently at number one again with a whole new team. And there yep. was a monster that attacked New York. And the X-Men got there before the Avengers. Um, what, what was the... Was that an alien? or Because there was a monster in that as well. I'm, a, I'm ashamed to say that I have I have no recollection. Mm. So. so that might be linked. I don't know, to be fair. Um, the X-Men, there's just too many books. It's like... You think this, you think it's bad for Batman with so many books out from Batman, but oh the, yeah, Rex books. It's like, ugh. and what frustrates me is there are a couple of really good books in there. Yep. Even you don't, you don't. I mean, Hellions. I absolutely love Hellions. I th I just think a lot of it, and I know Kirkman is leaving or he has left already, um, but it's it just seems like there was so many big ideas that you know now it's like I just don't know if they can get themselves out of it without it ruin. Hick Hickman you mean is that oh yeah I'm up. I always I always mix them up man <laughs> Hickman not Kirkman sorry this isn't yeah. Walking Dead uh, well it could be for all that nothing changes yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's true um, well no nobody will be Walking Dead in here because everybody's resurrected <laughs> so um, I mean I, I like that it seems like in some of these mutant books where the the things that at the beginning that seemed so promising like oh we've defeated death we've defeated this we've defeated that are coming back to not maybe not be as beneficial as maybe we thought right mm. um and and that's where i kind of feel like these stories are going because you know nothing can ever go perfect for the x-men all the time eventually this is going to be the house of cards that really kind of falls down around them um and and we'll see um yeah that last page reveal is just come on so and this is where i this is pretty much where i kind of jumped off the track i mean i've got to say well done for somebody putting brass straps on the old old lady wonder you know because you know when you get all those things away a bit um the <laughs> i recently read and i was really looking forward to it i was really recently read inferno number one yeah because i i love inferno the first time around it was one of my favorite like many little crossovers. Plus, I'm not going to lie, I've got a bit of a thing for Madeline Pryor. So, you know, what can I say? Um, what I got instead was 
the second part to House of X-Men issue number two. This is the one where you find out that Moira's got 10 lives. And yeah. that story, the, the Inferno book, is kind of, because Mystique's back, um, Destiny. Destiny's yeah. back as well. So you kind of, that whole, I know what's going on, you don't, and all that kind of thing, the threats and stuff. And I thought, you know what, that was really something clever. I thought, as much as I, you've annoyed me for using an old title to try and bring buy me into it, old lady wonder. How many old, old mm. type characters have we got? We've got old man, old man Logan, Logan old man, man Hawkeye, old man Star Lord. Yep. Old Rocket Rocket. Yeah, right. Old old man Deadpool. It's yeah. like, where's it going to stop? I thought you were going to say something like the House of Ideas have run out of ideas again. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not actually against that 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 thought process. I find it hard. And then, again, this is going to scream at the continuity that I said that I don't care about. And I, I genuinely don't care about. I find it hard that Captain America is written so on point here. Mm-hmm. And yet in other books, he is so far off point. Now, some of that will be writers trying to do different things. In the Captain America book, for example, the, where he's journeying the, the States, he's trying, they're trying to prove the diverse nature of the United States and that anybody could be a Captain America. And I totally get that. I totally, it's an admirable, admirable idea. And I think, you know, knock, if that's what you want, knock yourself socks off. But try and at least make the characters sound like they're, they're supposed to be. Um, wonder, I don't understand. Is Wonder the fulcrum of the Marvel Universe? And I've just missed it somewhere in the last 20, 30, 40 years or something. Well, she seems to be the fulcrum of the X-Men universe since House of M. You know, she seems to be like almost like public enemy number one, but 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 not, you know. See, she's the character that you gotta think to yourself. You know how people say we don't trust mutants. I mean, Wonder's been an Avenger. Yeah. And they don't trust her. Mm -hmm. Especially after the whole Avengers disassembled uh storyline. She's been a mutant. And no more mutants lie mm-hmm. has meant that they don't trust her. So she's practically on her own by herself mm-hmm. with everybody picking on her. Is that not the whole motif of the X-Men to start with? How they're outcasts. It is. Are they shooting themselves in the foot therefore? By yeah. and if and if you can bring people back from the dead, regardless of whether you were supposed to or not, in the case of uh Miss Maximov then how can you be on trial for the murder of that person? You know, it it does open up these doors, right? Because there's another book, I think, I'm trying to remember which, which the book with Night, that was the, that had Nightcrawl, and it was The Way of X. Oh, yeah. They the had the, the religious the, book. Yeah, but the, first, but the first issue had all those younger uh, mm. mutants just jumping in and, like, being cannon fodder yeah they were saying they were looking forward to it oh yeah i'm doing my first my first resurrection boof off they go right but then then you look at other books where there was one where domino got like horribly disfigured or something that was in the yeah in the first x-men series yeah and and then you're and then yeah and then you're like you're thinking like well then why don't you just jump off a cliff and become reborn because then you won't have all these scars or burns or whatever and uh, so uh, at some point i'm just like well i don't get why they're not doing it and then again i'm starting to think why are they doing it and now here it's like yeah and then you can bring back someone and just back them up to the point that you feel like they'd be okay you know it's the backing up of the characters and resurrection of the characters in the x-men it's as it's a story idea that you think oh that'll be good but in practicality, it takes away any any threat, any yeah. sense of risk. And it's also as inconsistent as the Flash and the Speed Force. I, mm. If something goes wrong, if I was the Flash and something goes wrong on a day, you know, I don't know, I go to work and I get fired, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to use my Speed Force to go back in time and change it. Where does, yeah. where does it stop? Right, and you think it, of all the carry all the things that the all the battles, all the characters, all the people, the flashes lost. 
but he never goes back. He knows he can, but yeah. he never does. And you think to yourself, why? What, what, where, where is the where is the line in the sand that says we're not going to do that? We're not going to do this. And you think, but it's there. It's yeah, the yeah. it's the perfect uh, it's the perfect MacGuffin. It's like the yeah. it's like the cure for everything. It's like it's like if you're playing a video game and you ever like if you ever played like Tomb Raider or something and you get to get to a point where you're stuck and you can't go any further, so you just reload an old save game to yep. go another way. Yep, that's exactly what they're doing here. <laughs> let's let's go it, reload the save. It's I don't know. I don't know. It might have sounded like a good idea at the time. And you know what? Done correctly, it probably is. If there was some sort of ramification. Yeah. Uh, but and you know, the person comes back as fit and able as they were with the most recent version of themselves, with the exception of Wanda, because, you know, it's Wanda. So here's, you know. a, here's a question. Do you think... Hickman came up with all these great ideas for the beginning of all this House of X and and stuff, and then he just knew he was never going to be around to finish this up. <laughs> you know, he was just going to do all this stuff and then leave it for other writers to kind of wrap up. I hope not. Yeah, is what I'm at because that feels to me like a bit, a bit of a cop out, a bit of a cheat, isn't it? Because yep. I don't know about you, I absolutely love the the first, you know the miniseries, the House of X that yeah. brought them everyone. I love that. What I didn't like was the Power of X, where it's in the future and you find out that no matter what they do, you, you, so because it's all interconnected, you spend six weeks buying twelve X Men issues to find out nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Obviously, we're not privy to the inner workings of Marvel, but I'm not sure if the rebooted X Men has been the success that they wanted it to be i I don't know i don't know if it's missed its boat because there's been no grandiose mcu connection yet they just all feel the same to me johnny all these like 10 or 12 different mutant books i you know what you could give me x-force and then give me x-men and not tell me which is which and i couldn't tell you which one was which I'm t- I'm serious, and that's and and that's that's I think their biggest downfall is not as as it's too same. Great, absolutely so. great. If they've kind of got like the model, and they're gonna they're not gonna deviate from that, which is a right. shame because you know what you do get some you do get some quality in here, but because you've got to really look for it because of so many. As I say, there's so many books. I like right. Hellions, Hellions. You know different set of characters yeah doing slightly different things you know plus it's Psylocke so it's a little bit more off the wall I think yeah yeah but... yeah and I think Excalibur was going to be like that but ended up up kind of falling out of it um, yeah so yeah I did quite like North Star's portrayal in this book as well he's, he's badass now isn't he I'll say one more thing about this book and Go then and then we'll jump into the last book um so old lady Wanda you know, with with all the last several years in comics where um, everybody's been so sensitive about people's feelings and how they identify. And um, I, I, I think old lady Wanda might be a bit ageist. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, don't they know who the majority of their comic readers are? Are old people like us? Hey, don't tell that to the old timers. <laughs> So, anyway, I think uh, you know. Could we call her something? I mean, maybe she doesn't identify as old. Well, maybe. Oh, so you, you know? started. You started the whole thing now. I was. Going, <laughs> I was. I was going to avoid that, but because I was thinking as I was doing the like little diatribe about all the characters that, are, that carry this old moniker. I mean, who's to say she considers herself a lady? I tell you, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, it just seems when for as many as two steps forward as Marvel can make because their female-led characters' books are so well done and when they try and do different things, it, there's mixed success uh, when I talk about diversity and stuff. Um, okay. Then they go and shoot themselves in the foot with this. And if anyone's asking what I'm talking about, Professor, help me out. I read, sure. I read the Phoenix Song Echo, number one. Yeah. Reviews live on Comic Crusaders. Go check it out. Um, 
and the character's death. Yet, other you than the fact, other you than wouldn't know fact, she's deaf. You wouldn't no, know you she's wouldn't. deaf. Other than the fact she says to one person, "Turn around so I can read your lips." There's, there's nothing. In one point, in one panel, she's she's stood. There's a guy stood behind her with a gun near her head, and he says something, and she answers. Man. And I'm like. I'm confused. I mean, I, I don't know Echo from from the next, you know, character that's been multi created over the last five years. Um, I'm thinking to myself, how how could she do that if she's someone's behind her? You can't. She can't see him. Don't how you think? She... Don't you think if she so she she's imbued now with the um, the Phoenix Force? Wouldn't that fix all of her physical ailments? Because didn't when Jean when the when the Phoenix first appeared when when Jean Grey came out of the Hudson, um, like she was she she was made more powerful, more aware, more of everything, uh-huh. and whatever whatever damage that she had from crashing the spaceship into the Hudson River, she, it fixed her there. Why wouldn't why wouldn't the Phoenix Force just cure Echo's deafness? I don't know. I don't get it. So. I didn't understand it. All right. Let's uh let's jump into the last bit. Um and it is the death of Doctor Strange number three. Two. Is it number two? <laughs> Hold on a yeah. second. Hold on a second. It's got a two on the cover. Yeah, okay. There right. is right there. <laughs> it is the it is number two. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to say, where did issue number two go? Because I don't remember reading it. And here I, I did. Really? I just read it. There it is. Number two. <laughs> so, all, all right. right. So, so you tell me. Catch me up here. What's... Oh, see, you... Okay. So, um, the reason why I picked this book is not that I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. It's that I am a huge, huge Jed McKay fan. Uh, for anyone who's listened to me or seen my reviews, Jed McKay is currently tearing it up on Black Cat. And, of course, he's got his infinite um, stones storyline going on, which is fantastic. I love Lee Garbutt. Lee Garbutt's last work, if you look, is on Shadecraft for Image. Um, prior to that, he was on Captain Marvel. And everyone knows how much I love that book as well. Um, Antonio Fabella is the colorist. VC's Corey Pettit is our letterer of choice. So this is a multiversity type thing going on here. The fact is that Doctor Strange is dead. Oh no, but as we saw last issue, he's not dead properly because thanks to the wonders of the multiverse. Where is he? The Steve Ditko (laughs) Doctor Strange has returned fit with black little things on his orange gloves and so on his capes blue not red um and he's going to sort sort things out or else um if you're not in a doctor strange this book's going to seem like like the hulk book it's it's complicated there's lots of stuff you have to yeah there's 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 a there's characters and stuff that they bring in from from ditko's run from yeah tales of astonish so (laughs) Interesting stuff. So I don't, I don't think we're going to do the the book any justice at right. all from that point of view. However, if you like your your old timers history on Marvel, this book's kind of going to be for you. Uh, even better when Claire turns up. Wait, woo, sexy Ooh, lady. <laughs> yeah, I've got a clear thing. It's it's the tights. What can I say? It's hey. the tights. Um, it's all done with uh, McKay's usual sense of humor which I think is pretty much a default setting for a lot of Marvel books now. I mean, yeah. McKay does it, Thompson does it, uh, I can't pronounce the name, is it Pacello on Spider-Woman does it, Guardians, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, you know, they, all these characters think they're so funny, funny. Um, but, of course, when you've got Doctor Strange, you're going to have magical beings turn up to cause more sorts of chaos and so on. Um, and that's pretty much what goes on here. There you go. Yeah, with the Avengers popping up and ancient characters. Colours look great. It reads great. It's If you can get your head around all the magic stuff, 
it is a fun read. Um, mm. And uh, as I say, I love Lee Garbutt's pencils. So there you go. That's me on that. Short and sweet. So I did like the I did like the little twist that the Doctor Strange is a memory remnant of yeah. of Doctor Strange. So and it, and it is it's the old Steve Ditko version, and he doesn't remember ever being around Clea. He doesn't remember you know being friendly with or ever being an Avenger. He doesn't remember any of that stuff. I thought that was kind of neat. And then it's ironic, um, isn't it? That we think it's neat in here, but in uh, X Men, we're like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think it, it all comes down to the to the presentation, doesn't it? Agreed. So, um, yeah, I do like it here. Um, I remember, I remember reading that this Death of Doctor Strange book was not going to be in continuity; that it was going to be like a one, like a what if type story. Okay. But, uh, but. When you go to the final page and it has a bunch of like, hey, this is a big event book that's going to be crossing over into uh, the Avengers and into Strange Academy. And, you know, you see all these different tie in books and I'm like, okay, why did I why did I think that this wasn't in continuity? Because if it's not in continuity, it's certainly in in, uh, enveloping a lot of like characters so yeah i always thought it was continuity I've, I've got to be honest i thought and to be fair when you look down that checklist there's there is a le- element of common sense to this the fact that strange academy yeah there's going to be an impact on that um not sure why we need an avengers number one i suppose because he was in the secret avengers for a while mm-hmm. um again not quite sure why we need to see um a spider-man one i mean i know mm-hmm. they've had like fun together and stuff Blade makes White sense. Fox. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Uh, Blade makes sense because he's a supernatural character. X Men Black Knight sounds like tag on. Please, you know, it's like makes no sense for me whatsoever on that one. Um, well, because that's hope- coming out. That's coming out just a, m- a month after the Eternals movie comes out, where the Dane Whitman appears. So that might be a Black Knight. Black Knight's heightened visibility. Yeah, I call it. <laughs> like I see it, I call it. I won't be buying it. That's what I call it. And then, of course, the next couple of the, the issues thereafter, are back to the main story. Um, it's kind of bummed me out. That um, I like, as I say, McKay's right, and I've, I've got a lot of faith in him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay the course, find out at least with the main books, and find out how it's gonna go. Um, I think Doctor Strange is too important. I think Doctor Strange is probably more important than Wonder Maximoff, if I'm honest. But nobody else seems to think like that. So I, I love, I love Doctor Strange, and it just you can tell stories with Doctor Strange that you can't really tell with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, and I also think he's Marvel doesn't really think he's that important of a character. Yeah. You know, if you remember the pandemic, like the Doctor Strange, we didn't see Doctor Strange. And they canceled his book and. Yeah. We didn't see him for six to eight months, so. I mean, it's recently it's set with Carol Danvers, so that must be a good thing, right? Hey, does that look like Iron Man's original armor? Why? What's up? What's up with the seventies armor in that? Yeah, it's eh. it, it changes armor like we change socks. It's, it's not. A thing. It's true. That's um, true. But you know, he uh, his appearance in Captain Marvel was fantastic. Yes. You, the, the, when Carol went on a whole quest to get more magic, and he's like, nope. <laughs> nope. I don't care. That, I don't care that you're hot and I've slept with you, but nope. <laughs> you are not getting any. You ain't gonna get any magic beans from me. Nope. At this point, who hasn't Captain Marvel slept with? Honestly, me. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Part of it is she's American and fictitious. <laughs> why do you let that stop you, Johnny? Well, there is that. There is that. There's a reason why figures come in boxes, right? all right on that note let's um let's say goodbye for now and we will see everybody again in just two short weeks uh we'll be ringing in november it'll be the beginning of the holiday season yips yipsy do and i i I will be here i'll be i'll I'll be i'll be kicked back to the curb Uh, we'll be well. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll be back with Lucas in a couple of weeks, and uh, Johnny. Well, I'll see you uh, on Old Timers Podcast. Yeah, yeah. So for those that missed the uh, PowerPoints, bring some popcorn next time. <laughs>
All right. Well, uh, until I see you again, Johnny, stay safe. And uh, everybody out there, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Adios. Adios.